WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I am Tina Cosby and today is Tuesday, November 28th. A very chilly uh, Tuesday. Snow flurries on the way to work this morning. I wasn't quite ready for that, but hey, doesn't matter if I'm ready or not. <laughs> it's cold out there. The wind is uh, is not kind either, but so uh, if you're going out, be sure to um, be sure to buckle up, uh, buckle up, bundle up, bundle up. Buckle up, too, of course. Bundle up. It's cold. Um, as we were saying, today is Tuesday, November 28th. It is Giving Tuesday, a single day during the holiday season when everyone is asked to consider making a donation to a charity, um, a not-for-profit, or or any charitable worthy cause uh, that you would like to, to give to. Um, on the show today, our regional VP, Dion Levingston, is stopping by with a special message. Uh, that'll be appropriate for Giving Tuesday. Uh, but as always, he'll have engaging conversation, no doubt, uh, as well. That's coming up a little later in the show or whenever Dion gets here, whenever Dion shows up. So he's a busy man. So whenever whenever he gets here, we'll be talking with Dion. But again, it, it, it fits the day, you know, Giving Tuesday day. And in keeping with today's Giving Tuesday, we are back with the us, a man well known to listeners here at Radio One because he too uh, hosted a show here, uh, right here on the airwaves, and he's well known to the community in general, just very well known. Uh, he is, of course, Reverend Richard Hunter, founder and CEO of the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries and host of this year's 29th annual Christmas Help Program. Reverend Hunter, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Tina. Thank you. Thank you for this time on your show today. Well, thank it's you. well appreciated. Well, thank you for being here. 29 years, that doesn't seem possible. My goodness. Well, the Lord's good. Yeah. Yes, every day. Every he, single he, day. He's good, and, and he has blessed us for uh, 28 years. This is our 29th year, mm -hmm. and, and we're going to do everything we can to help this community. Mm -hmm. uh, we give them food, but we tell them that it's not to feed you, it's to help you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a difference between trying to feed someone, which is what something like the Moselle Sanders people do, versus what we do. Okay, well, can you, yeah, go ahead and explain that. So folks yes, let me explain yeah. it. I'm yeah, saying, please. let's help you. And this is the way the good Lord gave it to me. He gave it to me to say, okay, this is Christmas help. And around Christmas time, People do all kinds of weird things for the sake of Christmas, which has nothing to do with Christmas. They go out and they buy things, they get in debt, they also steal, they, they do all kinds of things. There's people's houses that burn down and all that kind of things because they don't have heat. And what we try to do is say, okay, here, is, here are some commodities. This is a week's worth of groceries, and in this box it is a week's worth of groceries. It's not, it's not a meal. It's a week worth of groceries. We're talking about uh, fresh beans that you can boil, and, and it's cornbreads in there. That's a meal all by itself. Bags of apples, bags of potatoes, bags of onions, uh, cabbage, big heads of cabbage, all those kind of things is in this bag. We have canned goods, cereals, uh, everything. You've got several meals and things in there to last you a week or more. And then on top of that, we put a turkey. So you have enough food to last you for at least a week. And we tell you, look, to help you, 
take the food, and instead of spending money in the grocery store, don't spend that money in the grocery store. Take your grocery store money and do something different with different with it. Let's mm-hmm. stop. That takes people into a different mindset to say, look, let's stop and think why we are really celebrating Christmas. It has nothing to do with Santa Claus. It has nothing to do with toys. It has nothing really to do with any of those things. The real meaning of the Christmas and and the reason we should be celebrating it is for the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the birth of Christ is left in the, in, the, in the dust because we're thinking of these other things, and people think that they have to do these things, but you don't. So we're trying to help help them to keep people from doing things that are, are abstract to what really the meaning of Christmas is all about. Yeah. How, Reverend Hunter, how do, where did it, where did it go left? Where did we get off the rails? What What do you think? Um we got off the rails and we somebody decided that uh, it was good to buy a tree and then let's let's fix that up. It was it went off the rails and somebody said, okay, let's let's put Santa Claus in the mix, and we put Santa Claus in there and said, okay, all your kids got to have toys. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 did it, so we we pushed ourselves into a debt situation, and that debt situation uh, culminates over several months, if not for the whole year. You know, yeah. people get themselves in huge debt for yes. these things, you know, just for toys that may not last a month or a day. Mm-mm, not a day. Okay, especially, right. with, you know, a certain age, they get bored with it and start playing. You know, I tell the story often, and my parents were telling us, there were five of us, and um, one year, I mean, I, they decided, they said, you know, we're going to, everything you want on your list, we're, you know, within reason, of course. And they said they were, uh, they looked, they watched and looked over in the corner, and all five of us were making a train out of the boxes. We were playing with the boxes. Exactly. Within minutes, within minutes of getting the the things out of there, and they said that that just kind of just brought it back to reality, and and it's it's kind of helped ground me as well too, because I remember that uh, we made. I remember the train we made. It had three cars. You know, we had, <laughs> I, I remember three three big boxes box. tied to strings together. We had more fun tying those boxes together with the string. I don't remember what the toys were, but I do remember those boxes. But I say that because I, I guess to, to not, not I guess, it's to agree with you and to underscore exactly what you're saying. I agree wholeheartedly that it's not about uh, the gifts at all. You know, the, they, they don't, they're, you know, they, they, they ring meaningless within minutes sometimes, you know, obviously maybe by the end of the day or whatever, but it, it's not that. And we have to, we have to center back and focus more on you know the true meaning and the true spirit of the season, it's 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 we're we're a good deal away from it in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, in a lot of ways. We also Tina in in these boxes, we try to include things that's going to help the family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, the gas company has given us uh, a flyer in in Spanish and in English mm-hmm. to, to tell people what to do when they're desperate or in need. Mm-hmm. Or have making sure their gas is on and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's going in the box. Mm-hmm. Something I think is is utterly important is the sheriff's department has partnered with us, which they do anyway to, to deal with the traffic and everything. But we're putting we're putting a gun lock in each box. Whoa, is that a first for this year? That's a first for. for I mean, for this else. event period, yeah. Yes, for this event period. I've and never even, I've never thought of that. Never heard of that. And b- because. We have, A, way too many guns, and too many guns are locked up. I mean, think back over the year, 
from this time last year until now, mm-hmm. how many young children have died because they picked up a gun and shot their, their brother or sister or somebody? Or themselves. Or themselves. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is because the guns aren't locked up. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I, I deplore the guns being in our community the way they are in the first case. When I say our community, I'm not just talking about black community. Mm-hmm. Because these things are going on in the white community and all the Spanish community and everybody else's community. Well, Reverend Hunter, the state, the state, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, it's throughout the state of Indiana because of what the legislature did in loosening not not coming up with common sense, you know, things like uh, the gun locks and, and a, loosening restrictions by the permitless carry. So it's all over the state. You're right. It's not just the black community. It's our entire community. But uh, I would venture to say it's our entire state because of that that poor, poor legislative uh, piece of legislature, piece of whatever they call it. It's, it's, it's countrywide. And nationwide. And it's nationwide, yeah. Opened it up. And, and and look what's going on in our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I, I, I thought and I've pondered and, and and I'm asking the Lord, what can I do? What can what can I do as, as just mm-hmm. one little man to to uh, turn that around? Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our communities are are just dying from from mass murders and and just all kinds of just craziness that that people are going through. Mm-hmm. Part of it, I don't want to get into the, which I don't mind, but we need to go back and look in Revelations and see where we are in there and how these demons are loose on the earth right now. And this is part of it. We can turn those some of those things around if we just repeal the legislations that we were dumb enough to put in place. Well, okay. but here's the thing, Reverend Hunter. Here's the thing. If we just repeal it, but but what does it take to repeal it? It takes people with like minds and like hearts to do so. They're not all there in those in those positions of power. So we have to vote. We have to vote. We have to get the, the right people in the right places. It's, it's a huge The only job. way to get them in the right places is to vote for them. Is to vote for them and, and get folks in there that will turn some of this around, at least in our state. Now, will that take all the guns off the street right away? No. It'll, it'll start the process. What we're doing on these boxes and putting the gun locks in them is to start to do what we can to protect everybody. I can't run around and knock on every door and say, hey, here's one, you know, lock up your gun and this is how you do it. But I can put instructions and I can put a gun lock in this box and say, okay, if you don't have one and you know somebody, give it to them so they can lock their guns up. Locking up the guns will help us some. It won't eliminate the problem, but it will be a help. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the other thing I, I think that leads to um, a lot of the gridlock and, um, you know, the, the the non-action on certain things. Because everybody's looking for, a, and I loved what you just said, everybody's looking for a silver bullet. Well, something, one thing that's going to calm and that's going to solve everything. There's not one thing that's going to solve. But like you said, this is something that can help. And, you know, we've got to look at it as, you know, in terms of I look at it like chipping away at a, a tree, you're knocking down. You know, it's not going to come down at the first axe, you know, the first time you take an axe to it. But if you chip away, chip away and, and, and keep chipping away sooner or later, it will. And I think that that's that's probably the that's the approach we're going to have to take to, to this senseless, senseless gun violence. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have to start doing some common sense things to, exactly. uh, to stop some of this killing and murders and 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 all this craziness that we got in our communities, and it's going to take a, a consorted effort 
of people. You know, the, the Bible tells us to pray, to pray. We do pray. But it also says prayer with no works means nothing. Mm-hmm. You've got to go out and do something. Yeah. And so this is one of the things that's going to be in that box. Uh, another thing, we do have some COVID tests. We're going to put them in there, too. Uh, I don't think I quite got 700, but I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have. Mm-hmm. So the COVID is still killing people, <sighs> and, and we don't have we don't we we don't we're not tracking that anymore. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's still being tracked. It's still being tracked, and we are. Um, in fact, I just. Uh, the message, I mean, I, I don't know how much more. I was just talking to Dr. Kane a couple of weeks ago at a uh, um, a conference that uh, that I was emceeing, and then she was there and, and what have you. And the numbers that she shared, uh, it, unfortunately, Reverend Hunter, it does. This is specifically us. We, we just we lag so, so very far behind uh, other populations uh, when it comes to vaccinating and uh, eliminating or redu- greatly reducing uh, the level of COVID in their respective communities. We're still far behind, and COVID is still very much out there, and we're still more susceptible to it because we're the least vaccinated of, um, you know, of all the, you know, any kind of demographic you want to think of in Marion County. We're still the least vaccinated. So it's still there. It's still there. It still is. And, and we're cresting on 1,200,000 people. Oh. It's getting closer and closer every day. I think last week when I I did it on my prayer line, it was like 1,180-something, 83 or 4 or 5 or somewhere in that number. I'll track that number a little later when I get on my prayer line this evening. Um, But it's still there, so I'm warning people, look, you still have to be... Uh, be comfortable, but be cautious. Yeah, yeah, and the, the state of emergency obviously has been lifted, uh, but the the virus has gone nowhere. Uh, it's and gone nowhere, and it's still taking people out everywhere. It's still taking people out, and we, as as African Americans, are just far more susceptible in part because we never really uh, embraced uh, the vaccination. Uh, she was talking about the uh, Hispanic population uh, did a phenomenal job, and especially the demographic, I think, between the ages of 50 and 85. Uh, by the time the, or I think she said by the time the emergency was lifted, they had more than 80 percent, almost 90 percent of their population had been vaccinated in that age group. And then in the age group beneath that, it was pretty good, too. It was like, you know, 70 some percent. So, that you know, that the message got through to that community. We are still working our our best, you know, to to make sure that our community gets the message and and we can get our numbers up and 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 get the protection that everyone else has. So, um, yeah, because it's yeah, well, but yeah, Reverend Hunter, it's so those COVID tests. Now, I I will say people are because I, I you know you and I both know that I, there's no way that we can not know uh, black people that, that, that hey, say, I'm not fooling with that. I'm not getting the vaccination. I'm not. But they will test. They will test. Uh, and so those those test kits are great. I think that that's that's tremendous uh, that, you know, people can test in their homes. I'm still trying to, to kind of get some more from the from the um, from Dr. King's mm-hmm. place in order to put in these baskets in these boxes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I would love to. One year we did we did have a kit in each one of them, and it was before everybody decided to test. And after after things really blew up real bad, it was like, well, you got some more than things about you. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all gone. You know, we we, yeah. we, we put them to good use. Yeah, well, we do. Like I said, we, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's tremendous progress right there, Reverend Hunter, that, that we will at least test. 
We will test for it. So, um, it, well, hopefully uh, the health department will have uh, have some more. You know, there's um, so you say you've got 700 families that you're going to serve this year. Yes, we're going to do 700 boxes. Wow! 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 That's 100 more than we did last year, and it's a long way from when we first started at 60 families. Ooh. Uh, well, there. Okay, so tell us how it, it works because um, you know, for for people to to be able to get access to this help, that will give a lot of help. But like you say, at least one week's worth of bills, um, at least one week's worth of grocery bills. Yeah. Uh, and one of those COVID tests is what fifteen bucks, sixteen, seventeen dollars. So well, they're trying to give some of them away free now. If you. Mm-hmm. Go go online or something, and you ask for it from the federal government. Yeah, the government's yeah. still giving them a COVID test. Yeah, they'll yeah. you some, or you get them in the store, it's going to cost you some money. The uh, the gun locks are going to cost you some money. You don't have to have to spend that money. You Here it is, something that can help you. How much are the gun family. locks? What do they retail don't, for? I don't know. I really don't. I, you know, really, I don't know what they cost. But the, the sheriff's department is giving you 700 gun locks? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow, at no cost. The sheriffs and the, the policemen are tired of going and seeing people dead in the street. Who wouldn't? Yes, I'm tired of talking about it, too. It, you know, we all are. We're just, I mean, and it just, I, I just, you just want to turn the page when you're reading it in the paper or you want to swipe up if you're reading it on your, your phone. You just can't, there's only so much you can process. And it's like, when is it going to stop? And, and this, you know, thing, they, they've been working with us over the past years or so, and and, um, you know, we have a pretty good relationship, which is great. And, you know, I asked them for 700 gun locks in order to put in these boxes, and they didn't hesitate because they are tired. they rather try to lock up a gun. You know, you have the, have the fortitude to lock up your gun and not be able to fire, fire it until it's time versus going to your home and picking up your loved one because they're dead and then arresting somebody else. So now you got one person that is dead, yep. another person that's going to jail mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or some other situation, maybe one or two or whatever. You, you got you got a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. And to go to work and do that every day is, is terrible. Uh, it, it, it has to take its toll, Reverend Hunter. It has to. So this, this is not going to uh, mm-hmm. get rid of everything, but it's going to help. Yeah. It's going to be a help some kind of way. It's going to be a help. The good Lord wouldn't have, gave, wouldn't have put it on my mind, and everything he's put on my mind has, has been a help. Mm. And this is what this situation is all about. It's about helping the family. It's called the Annual Christmas Help Program. Not feeding the hungry is not, you know, and like I tell my wife, sometimes we get the needy and sometimes we get the greedy. Either way, <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's all, everything that yeah. I'll go out and collect money by buy new food. None of this is coming from the pantries. Everything comes fresh to that box. So no, everything. no pantry deliveries no. or warehouses. No, no warehouse. No, no. It comes directly. Kroger and I work together, and they come. They get. They put their canned goods and stuff together and bring it right to those boxes, the uh, uh, fruit company, right to the boxes. Nothing mm-hmm. is going to sit on anybody's shelf anywhere. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, our guest is the Reverend Richard Hunter. Uh, he's the CEO and founder of the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries. And, of course, every year, um, Reverend Hunter 
and Hunter, Reverend Hunter Ministries host their annual Christmas Help Program. Uh, this is the 29th year for the Christmas Help Program, and wow, innovative and so, so on point. Um, as part of this help and part of the baskets, uh, Reverend Hunter, that, that just kind of blows me away. I, I'm so happy about it. But, you know, so you're going to be putting COVID test kits and gun locks in as well as food um, and supplies other and other things. Help, yeah. To help the family. And, and we want it to be, it's a help to the family. Like I said, we're not trying to feed the family. If you're hungry, eat it. It's good food. But uh, at the same time, there are people that are in in. Uh, you know, they have a good job and everything. They don't qualify for food stamps, but they can use help around this time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not looking for the poorest of the poor and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. If you're that, that way, come get it, use it, and mm -hmm. be happy. Yeah. But I'm looking for that, that person that may have a couple of kids in, in college or something and can mm -hmm. use a hand up. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, this is a helping hand even for them. They can come, and we'll put the food right in the car. Have your driver's license ready, so mm -hmm. we can we can write down your information to to make sure we have uh, guarded information for our five hundred one c three. What you need to do? Our mm -hmm. our lines are, are open now: three one seven three four seven one six nine zero. If it's full, just call back. Mm -hmm. We're trying to pull names off and put them on our list, and then when you come, we'll look at our list and and we'll we'll do what we everything we can to make sure we, you get everything that we're trying to give you. Three one seven, three four seven, one six nine zero. Uh, I have to raise money in order, order to do this task every year. You can also help out if you want to. You can go on the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries web dot org website. And you'll see a box in there that says Christmas help, and you can donate to the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries through that through their website. And what a wonderful opportunity to do so, especially today, which is Giving Tuesday, Reverend Hunter. Yay! Yay! And you know what? When we when we scheduled this, uh, that was I. It was just coincidence. See, see how that works out. We we weren't really thinking. Uh, well, we'll do, we'll do this on Giving Tuesday. No, it just it just came it came about that way. But, you know how God works. He yes. He's got it all planned out before <laughs> we get in the midst of it. Exactly, exactly. So what a wonderful opportunity to give today uh, to the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries. Reverend Hunter, just a... Uh, you know, just a, a ballpark figure. What, what is a, what is an undertaking like this cost each year about? Uh, we do a lot of other things besides the food portion. Our, uh -huh. our nine ninety last year had a had a budget of one hundred one thousand dollars. This year, we are going to spend around fifty thousand dollars just on this food effort. Wow. Not, not what it Ooh. takes in order to put together just the food. Wow. It's, 50, it's brand new. I, I buy the food. Mm. I don't really want donated food. Donated food says, I'm going to give you what's left over, or I'm going to give you what I don't want. When we pray and ask, ask God for a blessing, we don't ask him for seconds, thirds, and fourths. We ask him for a, mm -hmm. a, a first-rate blessing, and that's what he has told me to do for each family that, that we mm -hmm. help. Give them your best. Give people your best. You know, just don't give them what's left over. Right, right. So uh, where where is it? I mean, so you don't start. When, when, you, when do you get the food? And when do okay. you start? Okay. 
Call now, and that line will be open. We'll pull names off of it and do the best we can to serve everybody. And you can call the 317-347-1690 number until December the 6th. Mm-hmm. After December the 6th, we will be compiling boxes at Martin University. And then on the 8th, on the 8th of December, come to Martin University. And their address is 2186 Sherman Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a lot of the flyers say ten, but I tell you, get there at nine because we'll start we'll start getting them out at at, uh, at nine a.m. until it's done. Mm-hmm. And we want to serve. We don't want nothing left. We we call it a victory when we can look back in the gatatorium, and the gatatorium is full of these boxes, mm-hmm. and we look back and we see that it is empty. Mm-hmm. Now you've never had anything left over, have you? Well, when we did it, you know, a long time ago, we had some things open, and then I would put it in some pantries. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I rather not do the pantries, but I rather do the people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's, let's get it to the people, and and we see people in line, and they're from everywhere. We we see white people, we see black people, Chinese people, we see all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. We have Spanish people that's going to help us this year to make sure that we can. We can deal with some of the Spanish population. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't care. Our, our our brothers and sisters is everybody in this community, mm-hmm. not just our black brothers and sisters. It's everybody, yeah. and people can use help. So we're telling you to come and get the help. Mm-hmm. When you call that number, speak slowly. Don't speak fast because I can't type that fast. Or, or yeah, and open your mouth and talk. I, you know, I cannot stand those muddled. It's like, yeah. come on, y'all, help me we out. And then, you know, I called you. Well, did you? Did you exactly? That's what I say. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, <laughs> I have no idea. Your phone sounds like you bought it at a ten cent store, and it's all me. <laughs> you know, okay, get a clear phone, get it off your lip, or whatever's going on. <laughs> Be clearly and slowly yeah. so we can get the information out and we can do whatever we can to, to help people this year. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what we're looking for. This is all it is. It's a help to our people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Reverend Hunter, again, what do you have to do to qualify for a box? Who do you have to? Well, yeah, what are the qualifications? What are the requirements? Need it. Okay. That's it. So how do you express need? How do you how do you prove the need? I don't I don't prove the need. You mm-hmm. tell me that's between you and God if you didn't need this. Okay, so you just say you need you know, basically let, let you ask. and your staff know ask. you need help. Ask. Ask. I'd rather i rather you ask me for help than to go out and rob somebody at Target. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'd rather you yeah. ask us for help and, instead of being in your home. And and you could have done something about it, and, and the utilities aren't on. Yeah, I mean, what kind of Christmas is that? You got all these toys and crap in, on up under a tree, and the lights are off. Yeah, uh, believe you me, there's been those. Um, yeah, we've we've heard about those, and that's it's just it's just frightening how that um, you know how many times that happens. So so Reverend Hunter, for people who are uncomfortable about giving out personal information because they're not sure what's going to be used or how it's going to be used or what have you. What reassurances can you give folks when, when they're asked for their name and address and phone number or even driver's license, I guess? I don't know. Uh, we, driver's license and we yeah. get name addresses and we get phone numbers and things off of it. And we keep that as a list in a secured area in a locked drawer in, um, in my home, in my office. 
And so in my office is where it is. Uh, nobody comes in here and gets nothing. Over the 29 years, there's been nothing stolen. Mm-hmm. There has been uh, none of that going on, none of the cyber stuff or anything like that. I don't sell it. I don't do any of those kind of things. And we are also in the ministry. We're working to, to do other things in the community. So, so we may call you back in the next year because we're going to move it to another phase and see if you might need help in some areas. That's why I ask people if they need help. Mm-hmm. On my, when you call on that line, I ask you for the things, the base things that I said, and said other things. Now, some people go into the Santa Claus thing and say, I need a coat and shoes and all that kind of stuff. I need a what? Oh, a coat and shoes. Coat and shoes or something, you know. Uh, you got a week's worth of groceries. Take your grocery money and buy coats and shoes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other people that have said that they have uh, mental problems. And they'll call and talk to me, and I'll talk to you. Or other things that maybe I can I can probably to help you help you or your family. Yeah. Um, the 29th Annual Christmas Help Program, uh, Reverend Hunter, uh, I am going to, let me take a break real quick. I'll come back to you and we'll, we'll remind people uh, once again. And then I, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear a little bit more about um, which way the ministry is going to go uh, the rest of the year. Just a, just a, just a preview. Just a, just a preview. Like to hear, like to hear where you're going with it. Uh, if you can stay with us for just a little bit longer, we'll, uh, we'll be right back. to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Our guest is the Reverend Richard Hunter, uh, founder and CEO of the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries, and of course, uh, the annual host of the Richard Hunter, Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries uh, Christmas Help Program. This year, the 29th uh, annual. Uh, Reverend Hunter, uh, 30th is, is kind of a milestone any special plans for the 30th or are you just going to keep on keeping on well uh, on the 30th i'm trying to collect enough funds so that we can do a thousand ah okay that's good we want a thousand mark by this time next year by this time next year to hit a thousand i think you're going to make it i think you're going to make it 317-239-1310 317-239-1310 if you want to find out more about uh the christmas help program uh, Reverend Hunter has has shared a lot, um, a lot with us. Uh, Reverend Hunter, when we were talking uh, the last segment, uh, you said that the ministry was was going to expand, spread out, do do some more things uh, in twenty twenty four. Can you give us an idea of what to what to look for and what we can expect in twenty twenty four? Well, well, we we one thing that that we took out of our our community, and that was across the country, was mental health. We we shut down all the mental mental hospitals. We defunded um, most of the mental health programs, and we we're wanting to to do something great over in that area uh, to reach out to our community to have a place where people can come uh, for mental health. And so, in order to do that, I'm going to need to coordinate something with the health department and other things in order to help the family or individuals that may need help in our, our city. Uh, we have people that, that have just picked up a gun and just start shooting, and they really, in their minds, didn't want to hurt anybody. 
but their mental state was was deterred. We we have people that that we find just doing strange things, and, and they don't have a place to go to in order to get some counseling or counseling where they feel comfortable. And what we want to do is is to put up a facility that actually does that. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because sometimes it's loose lips. Sink ships, I know, I know. And, and folks, you know, try to jump on the bandwagon and spoil it because they won't understand it the way God gave it to me. And yeah. if God gave it to me, then it'll work in one yeah. way, but it won't work the way that, you know, maybe yours will be successful, maybe not. And I'm, I'm not down at anybody else's effort. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that God is working with me, and I have been doing what he has told me to do and look at the success of the program. Mm-hmm. And I give all of the credit to him. Over the years, mm-hmm. the ministry has, has really not taken credit for it. We were doing it, and, and churches were getting the credit for it, and I really didn't care. And when I first started, the radio station was, and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's not about who gives the credit, because the credit in the end will come beyond the years that we spend on this little piece of dirt that we're going to go back to. I mean, if we live to be 100 years old, it's just 100 years. When we come, when we leave this planet, we go into eternity. And that's where I want the credit. I want to be able to look at God and say that I have done what he has wanted me to do. And that's what's important. That's, that's, That's what... Life, this life on this side is all about being able to do what God has wanted you to do while you are here. Have you, have you, have you reached out to his son? Have you asked for your salvation? Have you taken care of yourself? Have you taken care of your neighbor? And I say yourself first because you cannot help somebody else until you help yourself. And some of us are having mental problems and we're not helping ourselves. Yeah. You know, I was on a panel uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, and um, we were talking about barriers to health care, barriers to care, barriers to care for, uh, you know, for mental health. And and one of the biggest barriers has always been uh, money. Uh, And then second to that is fear that there won't be enough money or, uh, you know, that there's not going to be enough resources. Um, Any thought or are you still working that out as to how um, affordability is going to be factored into this particular project? I have some, some grant writers that's working mm-hmm. on this for mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're trying to work it all out. Oh, but look at this program. Every year we have to uh, raise money. Mm-hmm. And some people think that we'll never be able to raise the money that we need. But, but look, God makes sure that everything is... And everything is done every year, and mm-hmm. it's like December 31st mm-hmm. on each year. It's going to happen this year. Everything is paid for. We owe no bills going into the next year. Wow. And, and that's the way it has been from the start. And that's the way God has God will God will work that out. I mean, he owns everything. Who cares about money? He does. He's got every nickel, every dime, every dollar. We ain't got nothing. Okay. We have, we're, not going to, we're not going to take anything on this earth with us. No, not a thing. Reverend Hunter, we have a, a caller on the air that would like to speak with you about how to volunteer. Is that correct? Uh, oh, no, they don't want to come on the air? 
Oh, okay. They just want to know how they can volunteer. Okay, they don't want to come on the air. They want to know how can they volunteer to help with your Christmas help uh, program. We we kind of have we we use the children we use the ROTC kids to to actually unload those trucks, make the boxes, and put the boxes in the car. We already have two organizations, three organizations that's that's working with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been been helping us over the years, mm-hmm. and so we kind of have enough volunteers. We have about eighty volunteers or so for each day. I really I really like the facet of the children helping because. We're teaching kids to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And when you help somebody, you help somebody that ain't your cousin, ain't your neighbor, ain't your friend. You help somebody you'll never see again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're learning that lesson. We can see they're learning that lesson every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and can can you actually see it? You know, you, you, probably uh, things that, that, that never come to mind for youngsters, uh, even though they are in something like ROTC, uh, ROTC um, that... You know, you're right. Like when you're helping, and when you're doing for others, it it changes them. It, it has to. Oh, it, it, you you can see it. You can see it. they look at that. They look at Martin University, and they look at um, all that food that's coming in. They, they tear down the boxes. They put you know. They clean up everything. They they are disciplined, and the uh, the the first sergeants that come with them help them and the uh, and the uh, adults that are there we all work together yeah we got older people working with younger people working with 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 old folks mm-hmm. in their 70s 80s we had two ladies that passed that helped us and they were in their 90s but they passed with uh, this year and so they won't be there <clears throat> and so we um, we 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 get everybody working together Everybody working together for the good of the Lord, Reverend Hunter. I hear, uh, I hear your phone ringing. Is that people? Is that the the Christmas help phone? No, this is this is unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I didn't know. I said, oh, they're call- they're listening to the show and they're calling as they are listening right now. <laughs> no, no, this is my home phone. There's there other, there's another line, and it's probably full right now. So I'm I'm gonna need to. To, to um, hey, mm-hmm. come out like I tell you, if it's full, just just call back. Uh, That's important. That's mm, important. Just call, just just be patient and call back. And when you come on uh, December day, be patient. Come come to your car. Have your patience with you. Have your little driver's license or whatever, so we can make sure that you are you. And we give that. We'll give you what we said we want to do, and we'll mm-hmm. give it to you. We just give it to you. So besides the car, don't get out. Besides the gun locks and the COVID kits, what's uh, what's on the menu, so to speak, as far as the groceries that they will not have to buy once they get this box? What are, what are you gonna What are you gonna have? I have, I have canned goods in the box. We have cereals in the box. We have uh, cornbread mix in the box. We we have fresh bags of Hearst beans in the box. Mm-hmm. We have apples, and I don't mean a loose apple here and a loose apple there. We have three or five pound bag. I'm not sure which one I'm getting. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have potatoes. We have onions. We have uh, tomatoes. We have cabbage. We have lettuce. Mm-hmm. We have flour. We have sugar. We have I don't know all kinds of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow! In the background, uh-huh. it, it is it is a week's worth of. It is a week's worth of groceries yeah. in there. All kinds of stuff is in that box. Anything that I can get, I put in that box. Wow. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, we, we said every time that, that I talk to you, I say, you know, Reverend Hunter, you talk, you talk about a week. That is more than a week's worth of groceries right there. I mean, I, I guess at the bare bones minimum you could do it. I mean, but my goodness, that's a, a whole lot more than a week. It, it, it's more stuff than that. Last year we had grapes we put in there. I mean, it's bananas. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'm sitting there trying to look at one mentally. And and think of everything in there. The the box it, it's a big box. It takes two people to pick it up and put it in your car. Yeah. So the, the it's not a, yeah. And when you get to your house, I said, well, you just you at your house. Just just unload it. You know, pizza. take it out a little bit at a time, like you take out the groceries or bring in the groceries. Yeah, exactly. The grocery and, store. and toss the box away. And toss it. Um, so what's the but, procedure when you know? For, okay, you place the phone call. And you make a reservation. You say, hey, I, I'm in need. You make the ask, I'm in need. And you leave your your name and your phone. You clearly speak clearly uh, because you do not want to be denied from, you know, mush mouth or mumbling or whatever. So please speak clearly and slowly so that the volunteers can understand what you're saying. So after from that point forward then you you have a date to go and pick up do you have to reserve a certain time to pick up or do you just no, get in line no we're you get in line because some people do all of that and never come so i'm not going to waste the food i tell everybody look come get in line be patient we'll give it out to there's nothing left some people if you just showed up we'll still help you but if you're on that list we, you know, you you kind of got a right to get it, but don't think we're going to be there six, seven o'clock at night waiting on you to show up. Uh, two or three o'clock in, in the afternoon, it's all over with. Mm-hmm. What time it starts? At what time? It starts at uh, on the uh, flyers. We have ten o'clock, but I'm telling people get there at nine o'clock, and then we have some multiple people that we give boxes to that we we know exactly where it's going, and they're there at eight o'clock. So come at nine o'clock. Get in your car, listen to the sheriffs. They'll tell you uh, how to go about getting in line to get your box and, and, and what to have ready. You know, have it ready. Once you call on that line, we'll call you back. Ah, so expect to call back. We'll call you back. Right. We'll call you back, and we'll tell you all the things that we're talking about now very quickly. You know, we'll say... Bring your patients, bring this, be at Martin University at 2185 North Sherman and on this day, which is that Friday. That's the only day we're doing it. And then um, get in line, be patient. We'll serve you as fast as possible. That's another reason why I like young ladies, because they move a lot of faster than us old people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, they they I'm better sure. be, yeah. I'm <laughs> that from experience. <laughs> yeah, they they got a whole lot more energy. That's what that youth yeah, is. They youth got a lot more too. They don't even sit around and play ball and you yeah. know the girls and the boys and everybody. They so, sit around and do that all the time. So Reverend Hunter, this is for individuals, right? This is not for like organizations or centers no. or things like. This is just for individual families. No, it's for individuals, and, and we want to do it for individuals. Okay. So this is basically we're now trying to look. If you got a church, why why don't you or something? Why don't you help your community? If they need something, send them. But if not, and you got you got resources, don't use up my resources just to save yours. That's that's not being a Christian. That's true. No, I didn't know because I didn't know if any any groups you know might want to say, hey, we need uh, you know our our center or 
you know. It, it, it depends on, on the person. If they call me, uh, I will talk to them and see if if, if, if something is not duplicated and that kind of thing, because I don't want to duplicate this effort. Well, I'm giving it to your center, and your family's coming to get in a box, too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We want to help just as many people as we can, different people. Yeah, but the majority that come are families. So, or family, families with their IDs, and they come and get you know the boxes of food. So they call and make the reservation. Mm-hmm. Then they get the call back from you. You give yes. the and and then you or your staff or volunteers let them know. Here's the deal. Here's where you need to be. Here's where you line up. Now, when you are in your car, do you park your car? Nope. And they bring it to you, or do you nope. do you join a drive-through? Like, how does that work? The, the sheriff's department will get you in line so that you can come around the back of Martin University, and somebody will, will you know, to our designated door, and we'll put it in your car so that we can keep a flow going. If everybody's parked, and you know, that's not going to work. But they will park them. They will park on that big lot in front, and the sheriff's will move them. Whatever they tell you to do. That's what you do. If they tell you it's okay to park on Sherman Drive until you get a chance to get in, that's what you do because they'll take care of that. So it's one continue. It's not a. It is a drive-through then, right? The lines con- continue. Basically, it's, it's a drive. You, you drive around the building and we put it in your car. Okay, that's a drive-through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Drive yeah. around the building and it's, so it, it's also uh, that's what they've been calling uh, COVID nineteen safe drive-throughs, where you don't get out of your car. You don't have nope. to do anything. The volunteers, all you do is either open your trunk or your car door and right. sit back in your car, and volunteers will take care of it, and that's all you have to do. We take care of everything else. Wow. Well, okay. We so, have somebody to run out, get your license. Mm-hmm. They, we got a table. Everything is set up, and, and it moves really good, and, and it's really pretty fast. If you think of last year, um, we had about five. 600, we did 600 boxes. I don't know how many actual cars that took. But we were done about 2.30, Liz, about 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're done. So it, it, it moves pretty fast. All you have to do is supervise those young legs. <laughs> you just supervise. You don't have to do a thing. Just... And, and it's getting so now. The, the first sergeants that come from the different schools, uh-huh. um, they, they control that. And they own it. Everybody's on it. Get that stuff in that dumpster, you know, because when we leave, we want we want Martin University to be cleaner than, than it was when we went in. That's the we way you do it. We, we sweep the floor. We make sure everything is in order when we go out. We make sure there's no messes in the kitchen. We feed the children. McDonald's has helped us to, to do breakfast, and we buy lunch for them. Uh, like I said, all the volunteers get fed because you're there all day, and we're not going to have those kids in there and not have breakfast and lunch. Or the or the grown people, you're there all day. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure you're fed. Wow, McDonald's is going to give you breakfast. That's that's fantastic. So, here's the thing: there is uh, a cutoff in terms of making the reservations. So you have to get your reservation in by when, Reverend Hunter? December the sixth. Is that at midnight? Like as at midnight. At midnight. At midnight, we'll take them up to midnight. Up to now, midnight. After I get through, after I get through uh, doing things on that Wednesday, I'll come here and I'll pull down the list and start getting things prepared so that uh, we'll have what we need for Friday. 
If you happen to miss the deadline, but you still want to get a box and you still show up, what happens? We'll help you. Okay. That is it. Okay, so if you just show up. We'll help you. We'll help you. We don't turn nobody down. Like I say, a lot of people do all that, and then they don't come for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, because you didn't come, I don't want that. I don't want to be sitting there waiting till 9 o'clock at night for you to show up. Mm-hmm. And it's one box per family. Yes, ma'am. One box per family. So you can't. So those those uh, names, numbers, and addresses, and driver's license are going to be cross referenced, so that there's not a double dip, right? Yes, my team. Duplicates. Will see that everything is is there. Yeah, I know you were talking about duplicates, and that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense because that's not fair to somebody else. So right. Yeah. McDonald's also has given us some. They gave us some coupons last year. They, uh, two for one sandwiches or something. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do this year, but they're going to do that uh, again this year. Wow. So it, it's a lot of help in those boxes. It's not just food. Mm. It's help. We, we're trying to help families. Yeah. And you can take that coupon and go to the West Side McDonald's and. Uh, and get a two-for-one sandwich or whatever, whatever they decide to do. It's a wonderful uh, thing. It's a wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's to help the family. I, I have no doubt that you will be able to serve 700 people. Uh, you, you Obviously, in next year, I have no doubt that you'll be able to serve 1,000, raise money and serve 1,000 uh, a a thousand families. And this is, mm-hmm. uh, this is just absolutely amazing. Um, a thousand families who want to go meals. I don't know how many meals it is. It's a lot. Oh my goodness! If you, I mean, the bare bones minimum. Okay, seven seven days is a week, and what three meals a day? Three times seven, twenty one. You do the rest of the math, Reverend Hunter, because that's and, about, that's about the extent of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's one person times however many is in your household. Times however many. You want to know households and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we can actually um, do some tracking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, what are you doing with that? So, you know, some people don't understand because, I mean, God gave it to me this way, and uh, I've noticed some other folks are trying to duplicate some of it, but see, when God gives you something, he, he also gives you provisions, and he gives you common sense on what to do in order to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I talk to people about <clears throat> funding this project, sometimes they want to know where the money's going, mm-hmm. how you spend it on so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And we'll we'll tell them. Mm. We did this on food. We did this to the homeless veterans. We did this over there. We helped this family get their utilities turned back on. We we did all these other things. Yeah. And we'll tell them. And we have proof in order to show them. These are the families that we helped. This is where they live. This is who's helped us to do X, Y, and Z. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's it's one of the largest, one of our areas largest, and one of our areas most enduring. Uh, because we're we're celebrating 29 years of this um, under the leadership of the Reverend Richard Hunter and Rich, Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries, uh, I you know I I just can't say it enough. Much continued uh, success. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you're doing. And again, on this Giving Tuesday, uh, Reverend Hunter, I know you've said last year uh, that uh, the day of the distribution, uh, the next day you started working on the next year. <laughs> so I, I take a break. Oh, you take a break? I take a break until January first. Oh, until January first. Okay, I thought you said the next day. So you take a little, yeah. take a vacation, and then January first of the following year, you start working. I start. I start working. Yeah. When we get through with this, I make sure all the bills are covered. 
everything is tight, it's tied up, and uh, I get all my information together for my 990 because we, we mm-hmm. file that every year. Mm-hmm. And then in January 1st, I start knocking on doors mm-hmm. and, and asking for donations, money. But, but if donations if, if donations were coming in after the distribution, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hold them off until January 1st, though, right? No, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> okay. If, if, if money comes in on, on whenever it comes in, we will start working on next year's program right then. Okay. It goes straight into the bank, and, and all funds are used for this effort. 100%, I yes. Any, I don't take any administrative money. Yes, that's important to know. So, again, again, in the spirit of Giving Tuesday and in keeping with uh, Giving Tuesday, if you would like to donate to this wonderful effort, what can people do, or where, where can they go to donate to uh, the Christmas Help? There's two ways that you can donate, and the best way is to go on the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministry dot org website. There's a button in there that says Christmas Help, and when it comes up, there's a donation line in there. That is a secure donation, and so you can you can go into that and donate, and it will actually give you a receipt. Oh, wonderful. It'll it'll put the donation right into our account and give you a receipt. If you have Zelle, and I like Zelle because Zelle is a little more secure than these cash apps and all that stuff. I can't stand them things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zelle is is my cell phone three one seven eight four seven seven three six nine. All right, okay, I'll, and I'll put it into the Reverend Richard Hunt Ministries account. All righty. And again, uh, one more time, if you would like help uh, for the holidays and you would like to become a part of the 29th Annual Christmas Help Program, if you would like to receive a box, Reverend Hunter, what do they need to do? Call 317-347-1690. Leave your name. Speak slowly, leave your address, phone number, family size, special needs, and we'll call you back. All right. Well, Reverend Hunter, uh, the deadline uh, is December 6th. The deadline is December 6th. Uh, We're looking to have you back right before the deadline to remind anybody that may not have gotten it in. Uh, to go ahead and and get it in <laughs> in time so that that you won't be left out. Uh, thank you so much uh, for all you do each and every year, and um, we'll be talking with you again soon. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. And again, that was uh, Reverend Richard Hunter, and he has a tremendous, a tremendous uh, Christmas help program uh, for the community, looking to serve 700 this year uh, in their 29th annual year. We'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis, keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child Advocates, your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we are back with Community Connection, heading into our second hour. Always enjoy 
Always enjoy speaking uh, with the good Reverend Richard Hunter, uh, president, uh, founder and CEO of the Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries. Um, they are preparing and, and basically uh, about ready to launch their 29th annual Christmas help program. Uh, everything is in place. They're just taking reservations, if you will. All you have to do is call. Uh, and ask. There are no qualifications, no registration, no anything. There is no personal information that is collected except except when you show up, uh, you have to show your driver's license so that they know you are the one to get the, the food. They don't want any duplications. Nothing uh, personal and no personal information whatsoever uh, is ever uh, taken as a result. And again, um, the, the, uh, the giveaway is Friday. Uh, the distribution Friday, December 8th from 10 to 2, Martin University. Uh, if you would like to reserve a box, you can call 317-347-1690. Again, 317-347-1690. You have until December 6th to request a box uh, for pickup. Uh, when you leave your name and number, uh, Reverend Hunter has asked that you leave it in a let everybody hear you say something that they can understand and hear. Speak slowly and speak, speak clearly is uh, is what he asked. I was trying to figure out a nice way to say it, but don't muggle it up, okay, when you call because you may not get your box or he may not be able to identify you. So um, uh, give him some help and, and uh, speak in a way that he can understand and, and get you down. So uh, we are, as I said, we're back, and it is Giving Tuesday. Uh, and if you want to donate to uh, the Christmas Help Program, you're more than free to do so. Uh, you can go to Reverend Richard Hunter Ministries um, dot org dot com. He had me up. Which one did he have on here? Uh, anyway, call the number three one seven three four seven one six nine zero. I'll get that uh, exact uh, email uh, website for you. Um, Giving Tuesday, Dion. Dion, we promised everybody you'd be here today, and you're here. I'm here. Uh-huh. I'll be in and out quick. Um, <laughs> Giving Tuesday is it's a great day. I'm, it is. I'm seeing stuff from all of the um, things that I donate to the, to mm. give, and they're being isn't that amazing? To, How know? everybody reminds you that you've given to, and uh, wow, yeah, it's a lot. So it's somebody lot. sold my name the other day. I was talking. My wife and I were talking about this. Somebody sold my name. One of the charities. And it said, because you've given to this charity. Yes. And I'm thinking, why is it? Was it silver something? I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I, I why would, as a charity, show. why would you sell my name? I, I don't know. Because does that mean you want me to split half the money I give with you, with the organization you well, sell my they name Well, they probably to? make money selling the list. I'm sure. But, I mean, that, and, and but, then it referenced the charity that sold your name? Yeah, I, I got that this morning. I got one. It was from Silver something, Silver Citizens or something like that. And because you've donated to this charity, yeah. this one would like for you to, and I just, I said stop. I just hit stop because I, 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 I don't I like that. I stopped donating to both charities. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I did. I mean, because I, I just don't like to think of people. I don't like the thought of people selling mm -mm, my name. Mm -mm. I just so, want, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So are you familiar with Richard Hunter's, Reverend Richard oh, Hunter's? Oh, we've done that for years. Yeah. I mean, and um, I mean, that's a great, I mean, mm -hmm. it, 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 please you know support. What, you know what they're giving away this year? Gun locks and COVID tests. They're putting those in the food baskets. How you put them together? Because the title is Christmas Help. They want to help families. They want to help humans. They want to help individuals. Only only there's certain states, North Carolina, 
Virginia, probably Ohio, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the states. Well, well, no, wrong. Texas ain't giving you a COVID test. And Ohio might not be either. What? I mean, as they far don't as allow this, COVID testing. Well, in Texas, they don't have COVID. It just skipped over oh, yeah, Texas yeah, yeah, and Florida. Yeah, so certain that. states. So there's only a handful of states that you could get a COVID test and a gun lock at the same time. Indiana's one of them. I guess. You know what? But, he, yeah, he said the sheriff's department gave him, he asked, and they gave him 700 gun locks because he said he's tired of families That's being torn. That's a serious problem. Yeah, um, families being torn apart by gun violence, especially a, with children. And so it's, he, it's a serious problem. And um, I, I just think that's absolutely. So years ago, my wife and I were on vacation somewhere, and we mm-hmm. were having a discussion with somebody, and they were talking about how guns in households have disproportionate amounts of um, incidences when the people in the household get shot, right? Mm -hmm. And we looked and we said, not in Indiana. In Indiana, if it's a gun in the household, you break in the household, the person breaking in the household gets shot. I mean, that's the way it was for years in the state. When you hear about a home invasion, the person invading got shot, right? Mm, Okay. Then we go to this... Um, permitless carry and all this other stuff. And it, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe the numbers mm-hmm. say I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like there's more and more and more accidental shootings since yes. it became easy to yes. get a gun in this state. Yeah, absolutely, yes. There have been, IMPD has been, you know, they, they were saying that their people say it's going to take a total of seven years to get a complete picture with the research. But the lines right now, the prosecutor's office said the same thing right now. The lines are very clear uh, that there is a, there's a, a distinct link to the permitless carry and the proliferation of... Because people buy a gun, and they buy, oh, I want the pink one. I want the this one. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea. And people laugh at me when I say this. When I was in, when I was growing up in Missouri, we had a serious problem. Of, I grew up in a country of shotguns and shot, people getting shot with shotguns accidentally and stuff. So in eighth grade, we had shotgun safety. In what? which they literally showed you how to break a shotgun down, no. how to store a shotgun. I'm being serious. Shotgun safety. So That was allowed? I'm in Missouri. That's one of those states okay. where guns. I mean, I mean, so no, I'm just saying that that I mean, that is common sense gun regulation. Yeah, but I, so many people are fighting against it. And I'm old too, so no. nowadays they never be able to do that in school. Mm-mm. But um, so, and I come on here all the time, Tina, and say I own several firearms. Do you? But I I know how to break them down. I know how to clean them. I know that they're locked. I know that they're all in safes. I know that they're. Um, I mean, and uh, you have people who don't understand. My uncle, and I say this all the time, my uncle was a police officer, a retired police officer for 30-plus years. And he said, you do not pull a firearm out unless you plan to use it, and you plan to use it with the intent of taking someone's life. He said, you don't pull firearms out trying to scare people, trying to pull, oh, I'm going to shoot you in the leg and stuff like that. He said, you pull a firearm out when you believe your life is threatened. And you pull it out with the intent of taking someone else's life. So your philosophy about having several, is it for hunting, sport, what? What do you have them for? Safety. And I'm, I've never pulled a firearm out. I've never pulled it out because I've always thought about what my uncle said. I mean, if I pull a firearm out, it is with the intention that I feel like my life is threatened um and with the intention that I'm going to yeah, defend yeah. my life. I mean, so I've never I've never pulled a firearm out in my household. So 
Um, that's just the thought. But unfortunately, you have people right now running out buying guns, and they don't understand. They don't understand the fatality. The, the finality. The finality of shooting a gun and taking someone's life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. And and they don't understand. They also don't understand that there comes responsibilities and accountabilities with a firearm, too. There's responsibilities and accountabilities that you, so you got a driver's license and you're over 18 or whatever, you can put it down and get a gun. Doesn't mean you should have a gun. <laughs> I mean, everybody can buy stuff that they shouldn't have. So, I mean, I just, I just have a very strong opinion on that, which I've said before and y'all can come at me. I mean, I'm, I'm, y'all can come at me. I'm good. I just came in here real quick on Giving Tuesdays to thank um, James um, at his place and Pat and Cynthia at Country Kitchen, um, Moselle um, and Stephanie and Stephanie and them do a, a amazing job with Moselle every year. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Stephanie and the over 10,000 people that they fed um, on Thanksgiving for Moselle. Just congratulations. Also, congratulations to Mark um webster and all of the alphas that came out and helped him i mean the sh- mark is the chef yeah mark He's is the chef, chef yeah. and the alphas came out i mean the day before and then they showed up at four o'clock in the morning i mean it was a ton of them and um out there and congratulations to i mean and to all the alphas and all they put in there and to the iotas there were iotas out there um mm-hmm. at that main mm-hmm. location i know a lot of my fraternity brothers um, the queues were at New Direction and other places, but to um, to all of them, um, great, just great job. And thank you for continuing to donate. Um, it just feels good to walk in the rooms and see all those black men on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving morning giving back and donating. So to all those brothers, um, thank you. But on there was a little hiccup with something during uh, Moselle on Sunday morning. Or on Thanksgiving morning, and I made a phone call, and I don't want to say I take I, I take me out of it, and it's not about me. Mm-hmm. A phone call was made to James and to Miss Pat, Miss Pat at Country Kitchen, and James at um at his place, and both of them on their Thanksgiving morning went into their restaurants and got the supplies that um. Moselle that's that um Stephanie needed to continue doing oh, wow. what she was doing. Mm-hmm. On their on their Thanksgiving mornings, they went in and donated what they needed. And I just Indianapolis is just a unique, special place to live in. And I just wanted to I just wanted to slide in here and say mm-hmm. thank you to James. And James and his place has been a consistent advertiser on these brands for <laughs> I mean, as long as he's been open. So um, if you go in his place, you're going to hear WTLC FM being played in it. So um, so to James and to his whole staff, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for your continued support, and thank you for coming in to step in when that was needed. And as Country Kitchen opens back up again, as Cynthia, Miss Pat, and Isaac, and everything get up, everything up and going, I just wanted to thank thank the three of them and thank Miss Pat for getting up and driving in. I mean, James literally himself drove in on on his Thanksgiving. He was, I was getting ready to smoke my turkey. He called me right before I was going to smoke it, and he gave me the stuff. And Miss Pat drove over the Country Kitchen. They gave me the supplies that were needed. So wait a minute, you you went from your house to no i was i was volunteering for moselle oh for moselle yeah okay i was volunteering at moselle but you were getting ready to smoke your turkey 
No, James was getting ready to smoke oh, his turkey at his you, place. You were getting ready to smoke. When I called James, he goes, I was getting ready to smoke my turkey. Oh, but okay, I, I, okay. He said, I'll meet you at the restaurant in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes. I jumped in my car from Butler and drove over yeah, there, and he was yeah. there in 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. then uh, Miss Pat said she'd meet me, and it was like in 30 minutes. So I left there and drove over to Miss Pat and got it and then drove back over to Butler. Chef Webster is amazing. He talks about that. He talks about uh, the the just the – the, the the help and the proliferation yeah. and the spirit you know that, yeah. that everybody wants did they get enough volunteers to help they have clean volunteers up? all over the place I left so I don't know mm-hmm. about volunteers mm-hmm. and clean up I actually um, was there earlier in the morning I left and went right. to um, church service at Eastern Star the ten o'clock mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. at the main campus so um, it's interesting Eastern Star has um, church service on Thanksgiving at ten o'clock. And then um, Light of the World has church mm-hmm. service. I think it's either 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. on Christmas morning. Mm. So um, I try to go to Thanksgiving service at Eastern Star. And then with my mom and my dad, and unfortunately my dad's passed away, but with my mom now, um, go to Christmas morning service at Light of the World. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hello, Tina. Hello, uh, Dia. Hello. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was going to switch things up a little bit, and I want to get both you and the perspective on it. I don't know if you guys already discovered, but what's your view of the comments made by the Colts owner, Jim Irsay? About what? About him being a uh, victimized because he's a white billionaire for being pulled over with his DWI. Oh, about being targeted because he was uh, he's a white billionaire? Uh, the Carmel police targeted him or Hamilton County or I, I don't I didn't I did is that I mean I just read the headline. I didn't read the body of the article, so, so I can't I, did you I, read it, I, Dion? I read the article. Mm-hmm. I saw the interview. I'm gonna leave oh. that alone. I, <laughs> okay. I, I'm gonna leave it alone. I will just say and I will leave on this. I will just say this now. Um my son was driving my car in Carmel. He was a teenager at the time. Ah, yeah. I remember you me he that. got pulled over. Remember this? He got pulled over. I know. You told me. Yeah. He was not speeding. He got pulled over. The police officer asked him. He got his identif- He put his identification up. He did everything else. And then the police, and, the, and of course, the address, is his a driver's license and my stuff is the same address. Came up as my vehicle. Police officer asked him, did I know he was driving my vehicle? Did he have a way of reaching me to verify that whatever, I can't even remember all that, of that I was driving the vehicle and that he had the right to drive the vehicle or something. So all I'll say is, I can't speak to anything Jim Irsay says, but all I have to say is, if you, uh, driving in Carmel is a very interesting situation for several different populations that live in Indianapolis. Was I politically correct enough, Tina? Mm-hmm. So that's all I'll say. I'm not going to comment on Ursay's comments. Hey, if he, well, everybody is for whatever their perception is. If that's his perception, let him live in his own reality. And and not to be Pollyanna, is she, but my son uh, was playing basketball with some friends of his in Carmel. Uh, and when they left, I forget the name of the facility, but when he pulled out of the facility, uh, they gave him a ticket because he was going 35 and a 30, right? So he goes back uh, two weeks later, same cop, same thing, gives him another ticket for the same thing. So he got two tickets in one month 
uh, in Carmel. And, you know, my, you know, like you say, I guess there's a difference here and there. But I told him, I said, first of all, find another place to play basketball because that's that's a huge hit on your insurance. Um, and second, you know, maybe you can try to fight one of these because I said this just it doesn't make sense. Thirty five and a thirty. Yeah. Thirty five and a thirty. I will yeah, say I can my, see he was excessively speeding. I will but. say my daughter had similar um, situations in Fishers. That uh-huh. was even closer in your five miles in Fishers, like oh, really? a mile or two over. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. So um, so I don't want to single Carmel out. No, well, <laughs> but I there are, yeah. As we not single Carmel out, there are a couple places where it's very interesting if you're driving. Um, yeah. And, and people single you out. I think um, Fishers looks at where you live a little bit more than Carmel does. I mm-hmm. think Fishers looks at whether you have an Indianapolis license or not. But I was going to read, the, uh, I know you got to go, but this thing this is interesting. It was a, a, a car license or car uh, whatever website. Indianapolis is the fourth worst place in the nation, fourth worst city in the nation for parking and parking prices and parking availability. The fourth worst? I I. I believe that for I don't believe that on pricing because our pricing is not that bad in the city, but parking, um, and and I do have to go. But um, so, yesterday yeah. I left my card to get into the Emmis building, so I had to find a parking mm-hmm. spot around downtown. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. It said they were judged on analyzed car parking prices, number of EV charging options, and the number of wheelchair accessible parking spaces to determine the U.S. cities with there's the best n- and worst parking availability. There's not a lot of wheelchair accessible places to park. There's no not EV. a lot of EV. Mm-hmm. A lot of not. So that's where we could get dinged a lot. Not a lot mm-hmm. of EV. And depending on where you're at, especially downtown. There's not a lot of parking. No. I mean, yesterday I drove around for about 15 minutes. Because I didn't want to take a thing. You know, if we don't mm-hmm. have our thing, you got to take the little thing. Then they got to get validated. And you got to track Michelle down to validate it. And I just didn't mm-hmm. want to do all that. So I drove around until I could find a spot on the street. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was it's very. not good. Yeah, it was it was it was very frustrating. So and I, I was just saying, you're singling out certain cities. This magazine, this car subscription magazine. No, I'm sorry. Well, car magazine well, slash website singled out Indianapolis. Well, you know, oh. a couple of years ago, yeah. we were top five in road rage. Oh, were we? Was top mm-hmm. five in road rage, and that doesn't shock me either. I mean, yeah. you slow down. You don't leave a light quick enough in Indianapolis. People honk at you like you stole some. I mean, <laughs> I and I'm like. And I look at it because, you know, from working in New York and working in other places, you don't honk at people because you don't want that drama. Because I honk at you, you don't know what drama going to come from me honking at you. In Indianapolis, people are like, I'm like, what? Well, New York, amazingly, ranked a lot higher because of they were more politically correct with EV and handicap. They ranked a lot higher than Indiana. Well, I can tell you right now, in New York, you can find a place to park, too. I may cost you more, but you can find a place. Oh, yeah, you can find a place to park. You just may not have no money left after you park. Who drives in New York? I mean, I, did you drive a lot when you were there? I only drove station vehicles. I drove. That's why people trip at me when I drive, because I drove a station Hummer. We had Hummers. Now, think about that. I don't know who was the general manager before me, but that, that wasn't the smartest cookie in the—, in the that mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean, shoot, that was a Dale. I mean, that, was, that cookie was just not smart. I mean, who buys Hummers? All of our station vehicles were Hummers. Who, first off, they get like two miles to the gallon trade on a good day. Was it trade? 
No, they bought them. They're like they two miles them. to the gallon on a good day. And New York, you have to weave around stuff. And you ever try to drive, drive a Hummer through the cities of New York? When you drive a Hummer through New York, you can get through anything. Now, when I drive the streets, people think I drive crazy in Indianapolis. I'm like, I drove a Hummer in New York. This is nothing. <laughs> so... I've never uh, driven a Hummer. Mm-mm. Two miles yeah. to the gallon and not maneuverable. Yeah, we and they break down. Oh, do they? They break down left and right. I mean, whoever or whoever decided they were buying Hummers, that was just stupid. Yeah. Um, all righty. Well, I, I I was looking to see if there was anything more on the, uh, you know, the uh, Moja Jabu led group uh, PSL uh, something. Yeah, PSL. Uh, they're calling hold a press conference today outside the mayor's office. Oh. Um, Asking the mayor to fire the chief. Um, so, uh, party for so socialism y'all already know and what liberation. I, y'all already know what I think about that. So, well, I, I just, I, I've said what I think about. It. I don't I, think I'm the mayor's. Just, the, I don't think the chief of the police is is the problem, and I think I, they're I, focusing their efforts I'm in the a, wrong place. Yeah, I'm gonna leave on this note. I want to leave on two notes. Two notes. Two right. notes. First note. I want to thank on my way out the door, um, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia, mm-hmm. and congratulate them on Country Kitchen opening back up. Mm-hmm. Thank Miss Pat for coming in on her Thanksgiving morning to um, to get that stuff. I want to thank James mm-hmm. um, for his continued support um, of these brands on his place. And I want to thank James for coming in before mm-hmm. he starts smoking his turkey on Thanksgiving morning. Um, and then I'm just going to leave on this note. I've said this, and I, and, mm-hmm. um, and I saw a Jabu. On maybe this this past Sunday or it was the Sunday before I saw a job we at Light of the World. So I'm coming in and out of church. That's yeah, he goes to that church. Yeah, I saw him coming in and out of church. Um I, I just have a very simple thought on this. If we're going to call for the police and the chief of police to get fired, are we then going to the twenty fifth floor? And are we having a discussion with the city county council Mm. and things going on? Um, Are we having a discussion with the mayor and things going on? Then are we going to walk to straight down the street and are we going to go to the state building? And are we going to have a conversation with all those um, senators, representatives, the governor and all those things that – quite frankly, have put Indianapolis, have have handicapped Indianapolis's hands. Indianapolis is larger than the bottom 47 counties in the state, right? So if you take, there are 92 counties in the state. Mm-hmm. If you take, if you divide it in half, Indianapolis is bigger than the bottom half of those 45 counties. Indianapolis cannot be treated in the same way, governed in the same way, Get the same assistance in the same way as those other 45 counties. It is night and day different. And as long as we continue to think that you can govern Indianapolis, you can treat Indianapolis, you can put the same laws down in Indianapolis, you can you can do the funding for the roads the same in Indianapolis, you can do where you can work in one city and all the money and work in another city and all the money goes in the city that you live in. Mm-hmm. As long as Indianapolis has those constraints, which, by the way, has nothing to do with the chief of police. No. By the way, has nothing to do with the city county council. Mm-hmm. By the way, has nothing to do with the mayor. 
those things. And then I can list a whole bunch of limitations that do stop in the mayor's office and do stop in the city county office. And then we can get to the things that the chief of police can actually control. But all I'm saying is till we are having a discussion about all of these things, I have a problem with singling out that man saying he needs to lose his job. That's just my opinion. And it's just my thought. Did you hear your opinion echoes? uh, It's exactly what I was saying yesterday, because I talked about if it were me, I'd plant my flag right there at the state house and just lean on all of those lawmakers, those GOP lawmakers who are treating Indianapolis unfairly. I talked yesterday about uh, the fact that a commuter tax won't even get a blink of an eye. They won't even think about it. All these surrounding counties won't think about it. But yet and still Indianapolis gets dinged because we have, you know, not enough money to take care of this and that. And somebody called and said uh, the city county council is spending more money than they have. No, they've had a balanced budget the last seven of eight years. They spend exactly what they have, but there could be a lot more money brought in if the lawmakers, the state lawmakers. Let's talk now, about the roads. Talk Let's about talk about the, the way yeah. the, the, the dollar assignment for the roads. I, I, I mean, talked about that, but I just don't see, I just don't see this growing chorus. I mean, the, the concerned clergy did it. Uh, this, this PSL, uh, you know, did is doing it today. I just don't understand the lot behind asking now the PSL is asking the mayor to remove uh, Randall Taylor because uh, proliferation of police involved uh, shootings I, I that's not that's not where you need to to, to me I won't plant my flag there I would yeah. rather put my flag where, like you say walk right down the street which is what I said yesterday walk down the street and that's where you start I mean less than a mile it ain't even a mile it's walk. not even a mile it ain't even you, a mile you walk. get all your steps in at all you, you, going down you would only get like I think you gotta get five step mm-hmm. five miles to get your 10,000 steps you'd only get 20 percent on me if you but walk down see there that, we, we need to better understand how everything works we need to better understand that well I, and I'm gonna leave on this note and I say this all the time <laughs> okay, I keep trying that. to get out of here okay we need to vote. Well, and we need to use our earlier. power. Yeah. We do not have a registration problem. And, you yeah. know, I stopped all these people, Tina, that come to us every mm-hmm. year talking about we need to register people to vote. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we don't need to register another person to vote. Mm-hmm. We have one of the highest voter registrations per city of like of the percent of people of African-Americans mm-hmm. registered in this country. Right. Mm-hmm. We have one of the lowest turnouts. Yeah. Those are two different things. We don't have voter registration. You know what the problem. turnout was for the most recent election, right? Roughly 26%. Which, by the way, is the number they gave. Remember they were given 9% in the primary, 27%. Was the number that they were saying roughly was going to be, and you said it was 26? 26.7. So it was 27. So so it's interesting because I think with all this polling and all that stuff you can do online and all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. they're getting really, really, really close to saying if there's not a major issue driving, that this is the range we're going to be in, this mm-hmm. is the range you should figure out. And uh, they're getting really, really close. Because that 27, I saw somebody say as low as 22, mm-hmm. but I, that 27% was the number I heard the most. And I, most. I hadn't heard that. And it's interesting, it was 26, which 26. 26 point, point something percent, yeah. It might have been the 27. It might have been the 27, but... Uh, attorney Rod Bohannon with the NAACP made a good, Indianapolis branch of the NAACP made a really, really good point that if we're only voting as a whole at basically one-fourth of the, you know, registered voters, one-fourth, we're in trouble. Even though that was the highest 
turnout in more than a decade. Because as Mayor Hogsett said when we were out at George's, he said that normally uh, municipal elections we get maybe 20%. 20, 20 20% turnout. Yeah, yeah. 20. And this time we got the highest. We got 26%. But like uh, Attorney Bohannon said, that's still paltry turnout. That's still not going to get the job done. And so what's going to have to happen I don't know to get voter turnout more than than twenty five, you know, basically well, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. I think we gotta get that up. I think another thing I don't know that how, we got to figure out in Indianapolis is how people work together. I come in here all the time Ooh. to talk about this being a majority minority city, mm-hmm. and you got to figure out how we get our Hispanic and Latino brothers to work together for the common good. Mm-hmm. of those um, majority minority populations. And that's not, and I, and I want to be clear, because mm-hmm. when I say stuff like that, people come at me and go, oh, you're trying to single out, I'm not trying to single out anything. And it, it, and, and, and it gets to me when people want to talk about blue lives matter. Nobody was talking about blue lives. People were talking about black lives. Everything doesn't equate <laughs> that you can't well. just run and go, oh, are you talking about black lives now? Blue lives matter. No, we was never having a conversation about blue lives. We have a conversation about black lives. So if I say that that the that thirty percent of the city is African American, roughly eighteen to twenty percent of the city is is Latino Hispanic, and they need to figure out how to work together, that's not talking about anybody else. That's not putting anybody else. That's not putting anybody else down. What I'm saying is. The common good of those two groups, mm-hmm. they need to understand what the synergy is and the common good there and find a way to work together because all of Indianapolis, all of Indianapolis, not just that 50 percent, all of Indianapolis benefits when more of Indianapolis works together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Quite true. Quite true. I, I, I mean, like I said, you and I said this. You said it today. I was saying it yesterday. That's and scary. It's, uh, I'm start. I'm ending the year agreeing with Tina. That's well, there's scary. still some time left at the the year. There's some we time. Still, yeah, but we, we can still, come back yeah, and we, we can, can be on different pages. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. So I just want to end and thank. Um, I just want to thank them, Tina, and mm-hmm. uh, and I want to thank all of our listeners who continue to do great things. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a lot of things as the year ends um, in the community, and I just want I just yes. want to invite people to yeah. come out and do. Um, today is a perfect day to talk about giving and um, mm. and just thinking about. It. I mean, I've had a lot of things mm. recently happen in my life personally that have just made me think about things mm. and and reflect on things. A lot of them um, are um, self inflicted wounds, right? Mm. So when you do self inflicted wounds, it makes you think a little bit more mm. about um, who you've inflicted that on and the pain you've caused and some of the other things going on in your life. And I decided I was I and I'll be me for thirty seconds. I was volunteering for. Moselle because I've decided that on every major holiday now, I'm going to try to give back something, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, as we look and as we reflect, I mean, we just got to start thinking about what are we doing in our community? And that's why it always gets me when people want to call in here and talk about the station didn't do this, the station didn't do this. Mm -hmm. And then when you ask them, well, what did you do? We're not talking about me. What do you mean we're not talking about you? You just called in to tell us what the station's not doing. Why don't you do a little self-reflection and, and what are you doing? And, I'm, and, and when I say that, that doesn't mean you, you have to go out and volunteer for um, an organization or give something back. But what have you done for somebody you know that's in need? Mm-hmm. What have you done in the community that can reach out? We have a Indianapolis is a special community. I mean, I love this city. And needless to say, everybody sees my son walking around the passion that he has for Indianapolis (laughs) like crazy. I mean, this is a special city. And I'm just saying we can give back. 
And and you need to do some self-reflection and, and everybody out there listening to our listeners, do some self-reflection right now as we as we think about Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, <laughs> what you have to be grateful for and what you can do in between Christmas and, do, and flip the script a little bit on Christmas and don't make Christmas about you. Make, make Christmas a little bit about what impact you can have on, in our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dion. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. Uh, Just heard from our regional VP and our GM here as well, Dion Levingston. Um, and again, um, kind of a, a it, it is, has been up to this point, a Giving Tuesday themed show, uh, so to speak. Um, and uh, to we had Jeff called in um, uh, regarding uh, a, a comment uh, made by um, the Colts owner, uh, Jim Irsay, as to whether or not uh, he had been uh, profiled, I guess. I don't know, profiled. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I, Dion and I kind of answered it, but I, I don't know. Um, seems like you were wanting to say so. If you want to call back, you can, because I think there was something uh, that uh, regarding gun safety or guns that you were wanting to weigh in on. So if you uh, want to give us a call back, Jeff, by all means, if you're still listening, give us a call back and um, you can finish your thought with the guns. Because uh, when, when we're here with Dion, we race around to a lot of different uh, uh, a lot of different subjects. But again, today is Tuesday. It's Giving Tuesday. And, you know, Dion made a good point right there, uh, right before he left that uh you know it's it's it's, we we all should take time to reflect and um try to figure out we all need to try to figure out ways uh to work together instead of uh you know pointing out uh faults uh because if everybody's got the same goal and same objective what's the point of pointing a finger at someone that may not necessarily be doing it the way uh that you do it um as he was saying um the uh the the differences uh, between the two cultures that he mentioned, Hispanic and African American, are not that great. Uh, and when resources are pooled, uh, a lot more can be done. Uh, Indianapolis, as he said, is a, a minority majority city because when you put together uh, the 30% um, African American and 20 some percent, uh, more than 20% um, Hispanic, you got better than 50%. So, uh, Dion's better with numbers than I am, uh, so so there there it is, uh, and it's it's a good thought, and, and you know hopefully we can do that. Uh, the the way uh, we talked about this as well yesterday um, to affect and impact change, regardless of what your opinion is on voting, is voting. I mean, it, it it may not be the best situation, it may not be the preferred. Of course, it's you know maybe there's there's other ways. I would. Welcome, gladly welcome the eradication of the uh, electoral college system. I think that that is ridiculous. I think it's antiquated and I think it's unfair. I would love for uh, us to find a way to get our lawmakers to come together and say, hey, away with the electoral college system. But again, I, I think it nullifies a lot of voting. But but until we, you know, we got to keep working on that. We got to vote people in that'll that'll be in favor of that. That may be able to, you know, the more we can get in to be in favor of that, then the more we have a chance to get that eradicated as well. So there's a lot of things. But voting is what we have. It's what we have. And 
somehow it just is has gotten away from our as a part of our culture. It used to be so ingrained. And I remember growing up, uh, it wasn't that terrible. I, I joke about 19 nothing and whatever, but it wasn't too terribly long ago. And the, the people I grew up around were so committed to voting. You have no idea. I mean, when you looked in their face, and I remember now, they wanted to be heard. And they were so happy and so proud of the fact that they could be heard. A lot of them dressed up to go to the polls, dressed up to go. And if if we've been beaten down to the point where we don't even think that it matters or we don't want to do it, any, you know, then we got to find a way to fix that, too. Not saying that it hasn't been disappointing in um it hasn't been frustrating because it truly has, but we got to do better. Got to do better. We, I, I for one, want to keep looking for ways to get uh, folks back on the on the bandwagon and and the energy and enthusiasm for voting. Uh, Barack Obama was lightning in a bottle. Uh, you know that was lightning in a bottle, but it was lightning that showed what we could do when we want to. Showed what we could do when we want to. So. Um, there was that. And uh, the, the other thing I was I was telling Dion about that I found really interesting, uh, the motoring experts at this website, uh, the car leasing website, um, FIN, F-I-N-N, the um, car subscription website, rather, um, they, they, they took an, an analyzation of car parking prices, the number of EV charging options, and the number of wheelchair accessible parking spaces to determine what cities in the U.S. have the best and worst uh, parking availability. And <laughs> as I was uh, sharing, you know, with Dion, Indianapolis was in the top five as far as worst. Uh, and I, and if you've ever tried to find a parking spot downtown, uh, you might you might agree with that. Um, I don't know about electric vehicle uh, charging stations because I don't have an electric vehicle. I have a hybrid. And now there's this hybrid that's coming out that... Um, I think it's Lexus or Toyota, uh, and, and other brands may have it as well, but it's a hybrid, but it's different than the hybrid that I drive because the hybrid that I drive switches back and forth between itself. This one is electric most of the time, gas when you need it, only gas when you need it. So it runs primarily on, it's primarily an electric vehicle. But if the electric battery gets lower, it needs a charge, and you have you're not at a charging station because that's that's the uh, that's the skinny on a lot of the EVs is that you can only go you have to chart your uh, your path a certain way, and you have to do it around the electric vehicle charging stations. So with this this vehicle. It's electric, and if you're not in the vicinity of a charging station and you run out of juice, it'll automatically switch to gas, which you can use. And I, I kind of, I think that's pretty cool because you don't use as much gas, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, there, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of ingenuity out there. But anyway, uh, let me go back to the phone lines, Mr. Russell. How are you? Hey, Tina. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I did. I did. How about you? Very interesting. Very <laughs> okay, interesting is good, <laughs> I guess. I didn't, I didn't eat as much as I wanted to, but uh, it was still great. Okay. And I have a lot of leftovers to uh, work on that, so it, that's very good. Uh, you still got leftovers? Oh, wow. I do. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. But, uh, I wanted to... to uh, just remind folks that uh, as as uh, you've been doing, 
about the elections and the election system, electoral system and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thing that we we need to concentrate on as as uh, as voters is mm-hmm. that uh, people are trying to steal the election right now. Uh, the uh, you know, in terms of uh, voter suppression and that kind of thing, and it, it seems to be an ongoing thing. And I think this is what we need to concentrate on fighting because uh, it's kind of uh, puzzling to me how people that are otherwise intelligent, you know, people that are, are taking care of business their own business uh-huh. on a day-to-day basis, how they can let a tyrant or tyranny just come right in and, and, and take over. And that's, to me, that's what's happening because, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you have a situation where right in front of our eyes we see what's happening and we still are letting it happen. If you know what I mean. Yeah. If you don't, I, I can try to elaborate more. Well, yeah, I yeah, I would agree with you. I, In terms of letting it happen, I just don't think that it's being taken. To, I've always thought that the mainstream media did not take the lunacy seriously enough uh, to where they continue to report on it as if it were fact and then say, uh, but here's the truth. Here, here's what this person said. But here's the truth, and go about as a matter of fact way. That is that that is poisoning the landscape because you're you know the, there's so many things that, and and the 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 rhetoric that comes out of the mouth of the one now, um, the, he's not an elected official. He's an he's a citizen like a citizen like you and I. I understand what the position that he once held, but he doesn't hold it anymore. And I think that there's far too much far too much um, uh, coverage of, you know, the things that he's saying on the political front. I mean, coverage of the the criminality, yes, or the alleged criminality, yes. But the other, I still don't get it. But, you know, they're, and it is, it is like they're just laying down, letting it happen. And, and the that, thing with it is, it's not just one person, obviously, because uh, no. to me, when you look at a tyrant or you look at tyranny, it's more than one person. Oh yeah, it's a it's a conglomerate. And, and yeah. it kind of yeah, and it dribbles down, as we can see, from the on the state level, mm-hmm. the city level, the local level, and that's that's the danger to me because uh, if this type of thing succeeds, then it 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 we're lost really. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're the, the United States basically with its constitution is the last bastion of hope for people um, of various persuasions. And mm-hmm. I think if, it's just like, sort of like a sports game in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you have a football game or you have a basketball game, mm-hmm. you don't want, the, you don't want the, uh, the system tainted by another referees or whatever. You don't want the referees blocked. You know, you want you want a, the most interesting game, either football or basketball, as example, is you want a fair game. There you go. Yeah, and and until you get that, you know, it's just not worth it, really. So, 
I think that's what people need to really concentrate on is a fair game. I think you're 100% right, Mr. Russell. I couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that, that insight. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Ah, okay. <laughs> he just lost Jeff. Uh, but Mr. Russell said it said it quite well, um, and and I think that there's a sense of he he pointed up. I think there's a sense of urgency that's missing um, regarding uh, this the the democracy being in peril, um, and that he points to again very very well. So. Um, you know, we just gotta, and and it's it's not just one. I think that one person represents a, you know, an undercurrent that's been brewing for quite a while, probably since the um, election of, of Barack Obama, even and even before. Uh, Jeff, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, we didn't get to your yeah. Yeah. I, well, part of the gun lock thing, uh, I, I want to commend the pastor for doing that. Uh, it's very noble of him. But the reason I brought up the Jim Mercy thing because uh, uh, a white billionaire who feel like he's being persecuted, and you know because he decided to drive while he's in the info, I just thought that was just kind of bizarre, you know. But then he's going after Stephen A. Smith and um, this black female reporter. Well, I'll just say this thing. If you ever get a chance to read the article, you might find it really interesting. And uh, and that's why I think the issue, and I really wish Danny was here because I really like to get his thoughts on it, how really important diversity is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because the NFL is really has a race problem. And I wish I, you probably know it's just the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And, uh, that, and, and if you have a man with this kind of attitude, and I know Mr. Hurst has done some great things in the community, but I just thought his comments were just so disconnected from reality. And, you know, and some of the things he said to this black female reporter, you know, you, you really need to read it. It, it was pretty ugly. So I don't know if Mr. Erz is the guy who we think he was. You know, he hired Tony Dungy and all this, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I have to. I'm glad he got Anthony Richardson. You know, the fact that we got a black quarterback in Annapolis is was was uh, a shock to the system, but yeah, I just thought his comments really, you know, uh, like I, you know, oh. here, I don't know. I again, I I just kind of did a shake in my head, and I didn't read the body of it because it's like, okay, he says he was profiled uh, because yeah, he's, he's like uh, he's a white billion. He's being racially, he's being profiled. Mm. So everybody's out to get him because he's. You know, like, I can see how he could have been. I really can, because, you know, when you look on in, in different workplaces and, and, and what have you, there's there's all folks with all kinds of opinions. And there, you know, how do we know that there wasn't, a, you know, a law enforcement officer that said, who does he think he is? He think he's better just because he's so and so. Well, this is the law and la, la, la. I'm just I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying I could see how it would. Now, what you're saying is you're a billionaire. 
Suck it up. Don't worry about it. You know, you're okay. No, I mean, you really, yeah. Oh, I know a lot of poor black folks and poor white folks might have a different opinion about what you did. So, you know, like, yeah. you know, like white billionaires are so oppressed in this country. Everybody's out to get white billionaires. Like, no, you know, no, 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 no. But, you know, it, you know like, I can see, I can see him feeling that way. Uh, but I just don't, maybe the point being is that should you have expressed it in that interview? Because he said a lot of other things in the interview, too, from what I understand. And again, I did not read it. All because I just I mean like Ursay. I I mean he's he's done good. He's done a lot of good and yeah. you know, he's done I mean even Brian Gumble had to scratch his head when he heard those comments. Yeah, yeah. It's just that I don't know if that's something that you share. I mean that's part of the responsibility in a way of being a, a billionaire, right? Um, yeah. you, you don't cry, you don't cry you I, I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm let me saying, shut up. Let me shut up because I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I mean, but I'm just saying that once again in America Yeah. We always want to equate wealth with wisdom, intelligence with income, and as we know, Gina, that's never, that's not always the case. No, it's not always. Some the of the case. most wealthiest people are some of the most ignorant, stupid people. Do we have a guy in the White House for four years who wasn't exactly uh, kind of blew that myth out the water? Mm. And then you got Kanye, and then you got uh, uh, you know uh, Elon Musk, you know who've been saying some. Well, anyway, Elon Musk. Yeah, you know, and... Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. Anyway, He's a, Jeff. South, Af- He's a South African apartheid baby. That's all he okay. is. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, well, Jeff, me- thank you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and read it, okay? And then we can discuss it a little yeah, more you had a nice Thanksgiving as well. I, I hope you did, too. Did you have a good one? Ate too much. Watched a lot of football. <laughs> uh, what do you think about your commanders? I'm a little concerned about them now. I mean, they've cleaned it up, new ownership, and uh, they, they, you know, Chase you Young know and... I, and uh, I, I see who I really feel bad for, Frank Wright. Oh, Carolina. Yeah, they fired him. <laughs> well, they didn't have a whole lot there either. So. Yeah, he didn't have a whole lot. To, well, I mean, I just think he just... You know, I think he's a great football. He has a great football mind, but he has been dealt a bad hand. Yeah, yeah. He well, the, has, you know what, though? I don't feel too bad for him because the man well, is wealthy beyond belief. Uh, you oh, know, all these, yeah, these yeah, buyouts no that way. he gets and everything. I mean, oh, you know, so, I mean. I dogs get rid of a lot of hard killings. Sure does. That. And then the, the, the Allen, the coach at IU, they're going to pay him $20 million over the next five years. they got to buy him out. So, yeah. I mean, you know, these folks are not, they're not hurting too badly. You know, their ego might be bruised a little bit, but it yeah, sure does. Ego, yeah, yeah it sure ego, makes yeah. the bruise go away with one of those checks uh, for a few years. So, so. What, what do you think about these, I'm, I'm, and I'll hang up, what do you think about these latest sexual assault allegations against P. Diddy? You know, I don't know. I'm not a P. Diddy fan anyway. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, there's a, I, I will have to discuss this another time too, but I, I've got a lot of thoughts on it. I don't, I mean, I don't know that much about him. I'm like you. I was never much of a fan. I mean, not not to the point where I followed him and followed his relationships and all this other kind of stuff. But, um, you know. I don't know. Well, I mean, Wealth and privilege, I guess. I don't know. I mean, when you compare a... you with, can you compare P. Diddy with Barry Gordon and Quincy Jones? In what way? Quincy Jones and Barry Gordy are geniuses. P. Diddy is not a you know. Oh well, yeah. I didn't know what level you repair. No, no, comparing them. I, no, you, I don't. I know that's not a comparison that I would make. No, no. Okay. Not a comparison. But let me go back and read a little bit more on that one, too. I just kind of I I will say that uh, I raised an eyebrow when the, you know, the suit hit 
you know, it hit one day and the next day there was a settlement. That almost never happens. Never, never, never happens. Uh, so that there must have been uh, a reason for that. But anyway. Uh, oh, Jeff hung up. So, um, but we can talk about it a little more. I, I like to be a little bit more versed. Uh, I, you know, sometimes, and I have to be clear, when I read a headline and it's something and I'm like, oh, okay, um, yeah, I just don't go into it too much. But I will, Jeff, I will read it and we can discuss it, I promise. So. A uh, quick programming note, uh, I want to make sure everyone knows that they are welcome to join us, including me, this Saturday uh, for the Eskenazi Health Insurance Fair. Uh, open enrollment for health care coverage through the federal marketplace runs from now until J Monday, January 15th. So to help the community prepare for open enrollment, Eskenazi Health is hosting an insurance fair this Saturday, December 2nd, from 10 until 2. Um, Eskenazi Health financial eligibility services are going to be available to help with all all things marketplace and Medicaid, including eligibility. Uh, again, the event starts at 10 a.m. and concludes at 2 p.m. It's going to be held at the Eskenazi Health Downtown Main Campus, 720 Eskenazi Avenue. Parking is free in the public parking garage at the hospital, or you can access the event using public transportation via the Indigo Route 10, uh, which will let you off right there at 10th Street. A uh, number of services available, including counseling on redeterminations and more. Flu and COVID. 19 vaccines will also be available as well as fun activities for the entire family, free drinks and snacks for all. Again, uh, yours truly and Radio One will be on site providing music and conducting interviews and maybe even a prize giveaway or two. Uh, to learn more about the 2024 open enrollment period, please visit healthcare.gov. Appointments can be scheduled with financial counselors by calling 1-855-202-1053 or online through Eskenazi Health my chart. Again, be sure to join us live and in person this Saturday, December 2nd, uh, to find out more firsthand about insurance at the insurance fair. That's all the time we have right now for Community Connection, though. We're always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration. Our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow. As always, be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.